Hey, Grace Free Nation, thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday. I want to wish you a happy new year. Today is the last day, literally 31st of January is the last day that anyone can tell you happy new year. So I want to wish you a happy new year. You might be asking, Seth, what's so happy about 2021? We're still going through this global pandemic. We're still in a lockdown of some sort. We still can't move as freely as we would like to. But I want to challenge you with this thought. The very fact that you have breath in your lungs, the very fact that you woke up today, walked to your kitchen, made yourself a cup of coffee, the very fact that you can see me and talk to your family and friends, that is enough of a reason to celebrate. What 2020 taught me was to count my blessings. Not count what could have been, what should have been, what might have been, but to count each and every single little thing that God has given us. And I want to challenge you with that thought, to count your blessings in 2021 and celebrate that. If you're joining us for the first time today, thank you. Do let us know where you're watching from. We'd love to connect with you. And uh, I want to tell you this, that every year we gather around the theme as a church. And what that does for us as a church, it anchors us. It gives us a vision of 2021, gives us something that we can trust God with. It challenges us to grow in our faith. And this year, our senior pastor, Pastor Gordonzalo, has given us the theme for the year. And it comes out of the scripture, Zechariah verse 4 to 6. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. We've entitled this year, the year of the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you to take that as your theme for the year. Maybe you don't have a theme for the year. Would you join us on this journey of discovering how we can move, not solely relying on our power, our strength, our abilities, our talents, our education, our connections, but by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, relying solely on the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. In 2020, I went to the gym twice in 2020 before the lockdown. And when I was at the gym, I would get there and there would be a group of individuals, a group of guys, dressed up in Nike gear, Adidas, Under Armour. They looked like gym billboards. I mean, they were muscular in every single aspect, right? And they would be at the smoothie section getting protein shakes. So they look good, right? And I'd go and get dressed for my session. When I finished dressing, I'd see them still at the smoothie section, just enjoying talking. I'm not judging them. They're enjoying themselves, talking, laughing. And I'd go and train. And I'd come back at the end of my session, and I'd see them still there, having not moved. And these gentlemen were in a place that required them to participate in order to see the transformation in their health and in their bodies. But they had chosen to be spectators. And I want to encourage you this year that you don't sit as a spectator in this new theme that we have as a church, that you would become a participator because transformation happens when you participate. So in 2021, would you grab a hold of this theme, not sit as a spectator, but really jump in, get into the Word of God, listen to the teachings, apply them in your life, participate, and watch God do the transformation. I've entitled my talk today, Holy Spirit, My Friend. Would you jump onto the comments section and type in the, the title of my sermon, 
Holy Spirit, my friend, would you maybe text your friend and, and tell them, hey friend, you need to listen to this message. Share the link with them and say, hey, jump onto this. We're talking about how the Holy Spirit can be your friend. Now, each and every one of us has a friend, a best friend, someone you just enjoy doing life with. You go on coffee and lunches, and maybe not in the season that we're in with the pandemic and the lockdown. I don't encourage it. I encourage you to stay safe. But you would enjoy being with them, going for movies and things like that. And, and perhaps you married your best friend. And I must say, if you did that, you are blessed. I, by the sheer grace of God, have had the chance of marrying my best friend. And we do everything together. We enjoy being together. But like any relationship, it doesn't just happen overnight. Right? It doesn't happen overnight. I needed to get to know who my wife was before we started dating. She had come to church, and I had seen her, and so I wanted to get to know her, and so I did my research, and my research was Facebook. Hello, okay, okay, I was not a stalker, but I know you've done this before when you were looking for a friend, right? You probably heard about that individual through the grapevine, and what you would usually do is ask a friend that knows that individual, who is this person, like, what is their story? So I went onto Facebook, typed her name, found her profile, and I was like, oh, she likes spending time with the family because she posts a lot about her family. Oh, she likes the outdoors. Oh, she likes going out with her friends because I could see on her page, on her feed, what she was feeding us, okay? <laughs> and so you probably did the same. You probably went on to Google when you started a friendship with an individual just to know who they are, what's their background. And today I want to start by defining who the Holy Spirit is. And if you want to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you've got to define who He is. You might be saying, hey Seth, I understand who God the Father is. I understand who Jesus is because He's the Son of God. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, right? That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you understand that. But who is the Holy Spirit? You don't understand who the Holy Spirit. You may be asking, Seth, it's the year of the Holy Spirit, but who is the Holy Spirit? You might be thinking, is the Holy Spirit Casper the friendly ghost? No, he's definitely not Casper. Is he a mystical fog? No, he's not a mystical fog. Is he an impersonal power source to make things better? No, he is not. And I want to define to you who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, the first point is the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Type that in the comment section. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Now the Trinity is God the Father, the creator of the universe and the world. And then what did God do? He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3.16, all right? So that's the second member of the Trinity. And the last member of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. John 14.16-18 says the following. Jesus said this to his disciples. He says this, I will ask the Father, Father, first member of the Trinity, and he will give you another, a helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, stand by to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you 
continually and will be with you. The Holy Spirit is their third member of the Trinity. And you must understand, we worship one God, but God manifests himself in three forms. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The second point about who the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is God living inside of us. God living inside of us. So when you become a Christian, a Christian is a follower of Christ. When you choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, turn away from your sin, ask Him for the forgiveness and sin, and He comes into your life, the Holy Spirit begins to live inside of you, and He will never leave you. John 14, 17 to 18 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. So the Holy Spirit is God living inside of us. The third thing is that the Holy Spirit is a gift to us by God. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us by God. Acts 2 verse 38 says the following, and Peter said to them, repent, change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, because of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us by God. Now, we understand who the Holy Spirit is. He is part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is God living inside of us. He is a gift to us by God. We also understand from the scriptures that the Holy Spirit is a person as well. The word refers to him as comforter, a counselor, an advocate, an intercessor, a helper, a strengthener. And today I want to help you understand how you can develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit in three ways. By knowing, growing, and going. Knowing, growing, and going. And we're going to start off with knowing, right? With any great relationship, time is a critical factor in getting to know someone. Knowing requires that we spend time with that individual, we get to know them, find out who they are, what they like, what they dislike. And in John 14, verse 16, Jesus says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Greek word translated here, counselor, means one who is called alongside. And for me, that imagery gives me a vision of a friend. It gives me the idea of someone who comes alongside me, encourages me, and exhorts me. Right? And what you have to understand is you begin to know who the Holy Spirit is. Like in any relationship, it takes time. It requires you to spend time with that individual. For me to get to know my wife, it required coffees, it requires chatting, it required calling one another. And that's the same with the Holy Spirit. As you begin to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you begin to know Him better. And in, in any relationship, as you begin to know someone, you begin to understand how they function. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has functions. 
Some of the functions of the Holy Spirit, as you get to know Him and grow in your relationship with Him, is that He is a revealer of truth. The first point is that He is a revealer of truth. The Spirit's presence within us enables us to understand and interpret God's Word. In John 16, verse 13, Jesus told His disciples, He says this, that when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. And what the Holy Spirit does, He reveals to our minds the counsel of God as it relates to worship, as it relates to proper doctrine, and Christian living through God's Word, which is the Bible. The second function of the Holy Spirit, He is the ultimate guide. He's the ultimate guide, going before you, leading the way, removing obstructions, opening the understanding, and making all things plain and clear. And what the Holy Spirit does, He leads us in the way we should go in all spiritual things. And without such a guide, we would fall into error. And what I want to say is to you, to build our friendship with the Holy Spirit, we've got to get to know Him for ourselves. Not based on other people's experiences, but based on our experiences with Him. And this requires that we're intentional with pursuing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, spending time in His presence, and reading the Word. When you got to know your friend, you didn't get to know them based on someone else's experience. You got to know them for yourself, for your own experience. When I got to know my wife, I didn't base it on her brother's experience. I didn't go to her brother to know who she was and spend time with her brother, although now he's my friend, hello. I got to know her, and in the same way, you cannot get to know the Holy Spirit through my experience, through the pastor's experience, through a relative or a friend's experience. It must be your own experience. And you've got to be intentional in building a relationship with the Holy Spirit by praying, spending time in God's Word. Now we've gone through knowing, you go to growing. Now as you grow in your friendship uh, with your friend or your spouse, you begin to learn each other. You begin to learn each other's weaknesses and each other's strengths. You learn the good and the bad. You understand the good character traits and the character flaws. And if you have a good friend or a good spouse, a good partner, that individual will confront you on some of your character flaws, not to hurt you, but to challenge you to grow. Not to hurt you, but to challenge you to grow. And I want to say this, if you don't have some friends that confront you in love about the areas that you need to grow in, then you need to get some new friends. And growth requires time. It requires, when we're with a friend, that we walk on a continual journey. We don't just give them the truth and don't give them a time to grow into becoming a better person. We walk with them. We encourage them. We tell them that they're doing a great job. And knowing will lead to growing. And one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is that He convicts us of our sin and wrong behavior. As you grow your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the same way your friend or your spouse confronts you on your character flaws, the Holy Spirit confronts you by convicting you of sin and wrong behavior. And what that does, it, it leads you to grow more in your relationship with Christ. And I'd like to point out this point of bringing conviction by going to John 16, 8-9. It says the following, And when He comes, 
He will convict the world. There is that word of conviction. And when he comes, the Holy Spirit will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for a Savior and about righteousness and about judgment, about sin and the true nature of it because they do not believe in me and my message. I want to say this to you today. The Holy Spirit brings conviction not to condemn us, but to challenge us to grow into the character of Christ and be all God has created us to be. The Holy Spirit does not convict us to condemn us, but to challenge us to change and to grow into the character of Christ. Right. And some of the ways that the Holy Spirit convicts us is you could be listening to a sermon, you could go to a church service, listening to a sermon, and it's as if this pastor has written this message just for you. It's as if this pastor, the person preaching, has taken out your dirty laundry, has taken out your past, and he's speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you not to condemn you, but he's challenging you to grow more into the character of Christ. Another way, an example of how the Holy Spirit convicts us is that you could be speaking to a friend and then you just say something a bit nasty and rude. And something in you says, hey, you shouldn't have said that. And that's the Holy Spirit's conviction challenging you to ask for forgiveness so that you don't hurt that person and leave that person in a place of hurt. He's challenging you to grow more into the character of Christ. What is the character of Christ? It's kindness. It's gentleness. It's love. Another way that the Holy Spirit convicts us is you could be reading the Word of God and you open your Bible app, your YouVersion Bible app, and you're struggling with something, and a scripture pops up about the issue that you've been struggling with, and the Holy Spirit convicts you not to condemn you, but to challenge you to grow more into the character of Christ. And the Holy Spirit's conviction is challenging you to confront the issue, to bring it into the light so that God can deal with it with you. When the Holy Spirit challenges you and convicts you, all he's doing is, is, is pushing you to bring the issue up into the light so that God can deal with it with you. And I want to say this, what you won't reveal, God can't heal. What you won't reveal, bring into the light, God cannot heal. Holy Spirit also functions as a fruit producer in our lives. When he lives in us, he begins the work of harvesting his fruit in our lives. And this is evident in the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit, found in Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, says the following, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are not works of our flesh, so we don't produce these fruits of the Spirit out of our own flesh, out of our own strength. The Holy Spirit enables us to produce them in our lives. So as you grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, as you allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to help you to grow more into the character of Christ, and as you allow the Holy Spirit to birth the fruits of the Spirit, you begin to have love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? And the evidence of this relationship with the Holy Spirit, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in your life, is the fruits of the Spirit being displayed in your life. The evidence that you have a growing relationship with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of this is that you begin to produce the fruits of the Spirit in your life. 
And I want to ask you this question. Which of the nine fruits of the Spirit are you lacking in your life right now? Are you displaying love? Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you gentle? Do you have self-control? Do you show goodness? Are you faithful? And I want to encourage you over the week to partner with the Holy Spirit to help you to grow the fruits of the Spirit. Remember, you don't do it in your own strength. The Holy Spirit births them out of you. But you can also make an assessment and find just, and ask yourself, do I show love? Do I show gentleness? Am I kind? And what I want to challenge you with is, as soon as you ask the Holy Spirit to partner with you to grow, let's say, patience, He will put you in situations that require you to show and display patience. Maybe you want to grow in the fruit of the Spirit of love. He will put you in situations where you need to display love. Maybe you want to display self-control. He will put you in a situation where you need to display self-control. Right? And remember, it's not in your own strength. The Holy Spirit will produce it in you and help you display it. But you have, a, you have to have a continuous relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to ask you, what are you doing to promote continual growth in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? As Christians or followers of Christ, if we want to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we need to partner with the Holy Spirit to help us grow. And in any friendship, when you um, are a friend with someone, maybe in marriage or just a friendship, you partner with that individual to help you grow. And vice versa, it's a two-way street. Okay. Another one of the Holy Spirit's roles is that of a gift giver. Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11 says this, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And I just want to stop there and say that these gifts are not for your self-promotion. The spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us is not for us to promote ourselves. It's not for us to talk more about ourselves. It's to help each other. And it says the following, To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I want to say this to you. All these gifts, both big and small, are given by the Spirit so that we may be His ambassadors to the world, showing for God's grace and giving glory to God, not to ourselves. I think a lot of the time people manipulate the spiritual gifts to promote themselves. And the Bible says it's to help each other. And as we go through the theme this year, the year of the Holy Spirit, we will begin to unpack the spiritual gifts, and how you can apply them in your life. Once you go from knowing, and then you go through growing, you then are ready to go. Once you have a relationship with someone, once you know them, once you've grown in your love for them, once you've helped them overcome some of their challenges and character flaws, it's so much easier to go with them. It's so much easier to go with a friend 
um, that knows you and that you've grown um, with and you've spent time with them. It's so much easier to go with them to start a business. It's so much easier to go with them on a holiday. It's so much easier to go and do life with them. Okay. And as you grow in the same way with the Holy Spirit, once you've gotten to know the Holy Spirit and grown with Him, we then need to go with Him as He leads and directs us. Galatians 5 verse 25 says the following, If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage. Our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you want to let the Holy Spirit lead your life and walk with Him and go with the Holy Spirit, it's a conscious choice you need to make each and every single day. And practically what you can do and what I try to do every single day when I have my prayer and devotions, I invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of my day. I invite Him and say, Holy Spirit, join me today. Join me as I go to work. Join me as I go to this meeting. Help me as I sit in this meeting. Help me when I'm in this board meeting. Help me when I'm on the road. And going requires invitation. You don't go with someone somewhere unless you invite them. Unless you have that friend that just shows up to your house without invitation. I love those people. We love you so much, but in Corona time, can you just stay at home? Okay, can you just chill? <laughs> But for you to go with someone, you need to invite them to go. For me to go with my wife in this beautiful thing called marriage, I had to invite her into the adventure of marriage. And thank God she said yes. And in the same way, you've got to go with the Holy Spirit. But how do you do that? You invite him. You invite him to go with you in your day to day. And practically, as you invite the Holy Spirit into your day, into a meeting, into a situation that you're facing, He will lead you. And you've also got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Because you can also invite Him, but not allow Him to lead you. You can invite Him as a spectator, and not as your guide. And what happens is that you miss the function of the Holy Spirit being your guide. Because one of these functions is that He is your guide. He is your advocate. He is your strengthener. But you have to allow Him to lead. And how does the Holy Spirit lead you? He leads you by God's Word. The Bible is the roadmap that the Holy Spirit uses day by day. He helps you to apply to your circumstances the teaching of God's Word. So it is very important for you to read the Word and pray every day. The Holy Spirit will sometimes speak to you through a certain verse as you read it. You could be facing a problem and you didn't know how to resolve it. And you open your Bible and the solution to that problem is found in God's Word. And it stands out for you. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you. That's how He leads us through God's Word. He also leads you through Bible verses that you may memorize. So that when you face a particular temptation, He reminds you of a verse so that you are able to flee from that temptation. The Holy Spirit also leads you through Bible teaching. This may be in preaching or teaching, maybe when you go to your church or on YouTube, the pastor will be preaching something and the Holy Spirit starts to speak to you about the message. The second way that He leads us is by the church. 
the Holy Spirit leads us by the church. So when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, and you become part of a bigger family, which is the church. And you will find so much guidance, encouragement, teaching in your local church, and they will help you to make the decisions that you need to make to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I want to stop here and say that if you have not found a local church, I, I mean, it's great to be watching church online, but I want to encourage you to join a local church wherever you are. You might be in another country, just find a local church, become part of a community, because it's in that community that you grow in your relationship. It's in that community that they begin to, to help you in areas where you help. It's in that community that you find a pastor that God appoints to help to grow you with teachings, to confront you about issues that you may have, and to encourage you. So if you're in Pretoria, join Graceway Pretoria once churches are open. If you're in Johannesburg, Graceway Johannesburg is coming soon. But all I want you to know is that you need to find a local church that you are a part of, and it becomes a family that just loves you, that encourages you. The third way that the Holy Spirit leads us is by spiritual gifts. We mentioned this earlier. The Holy Spirit has a specific spiritual gift for every Christian. He wants us to accept these gifts so that we can help each other. There's so many gifts that he has. And over the course of the year, we'll unpack these gifts in more detail. But just know that God has a very specific gift for you so that you may become an ambassador for God to the world, showing forth His grace and glorifying God, not yourself. So I encourage you, as we go through this year, Holy Spirit, the year of the Holy Spirit, jump on so that you can learn more about your spiritual gifts and how you can apply them in your life. The fourth way that the Holy Spirit leads us is by visions and dreams. I love this way. The Bible has a number of accounts of people of how God spoke to these individuals through visions and dreams. The Holy Spirit still speaks today in this way. He still speaks to people in visions and dreams. And I'm one of those individuals and I know family members and friends. Acts 2 verse 17 says, Your young men will see visions and your old men will have dreams. Dreams that come from God are very vivid and impress upon the person. Many people have had dreams where they were warned of their sin uh, and they repented and became Christians. I know of individuals who had dreams and saw Jesus and they began to ask, who is this Jesus? And they found a church and became Christians. Or the Holy Spirit may lead you to pray for someone. That happens to me a lot. I will see a family member in a dream or a friend in a dream and for me, it's an indication that the Holy Spirit wants me to pray for them or to just check up on them, just send them a text and find out how they're doing. That is how the Holy Spirit speaks through visions and dreams. The last way that the Holy Spirit leads is by impressions and circumstances. Through impressions and circumstances. The Holy Spirit will often lead you by impressions as you trust Him to help you in the decision or choice you make. And when you think about doing one thing, you feel deep peace about it. But when you think about the other possibility, you feel uneasy. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's an impression. So you might be trying to make a decision. You might have two decisions that you need to make. And when you think about this one decision, you feel peace about it. But when you think about the other, there's a bit of uneasiness. 
Be sensitive to that. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And there's a story of a Christian businessman who had booked a plane ticket and um, to go to a meeting in another, in another city. And so he books this ticket. And after he books the ticket, he begins to feel uneasy for a couple of days. And he keeps shrugging it off, but then he's like, okay, maybe I should look into this. He feels uneasy every time he thinks about that ticket that he books. But when he thinks about changing the ticket, he feels a sense of peace. So he decides, okay, I'm going to cancel this ticket, change it to another day. So he decides to do that. And so he changes his ticket and he switches on the news for the day um, he was supposed to travel on the first ticket that he booked. And on the news is a story of, a, of an airplane that had crashed and everyone was killed. And what the Holy Spirit was doing with that uneasiness that he felt, Holy Spirit was trying to protect him. The Holy Spirit had actually saved his life. Because if he had gone on that trip and he, if he had pushed through that impression, Unfortunately, he could have been part of that accident. We don't know, but the Holy Spirit in this moment pushed him to have this uneasiness, this, this lack of peace. And so he changes his ticket, and the Holy Spirit protects him from that accident. Proverbs 16, verse 19 says, You make your plans, but God directs your actions. For me, the Holy Spirit also speaks and leads me through interruptions. And it's happened before a couple of times where I'm planning to leave to go to a meeting and I'm trying to leave on time so I can arrive at the meeting on time. But for some reason, I can't find my car keys and my wallet. Has this ever happened to anyone where you know you put your wallet and your keys in this particular place and you can't find it. So I can't find it. So I start looking, become irritated because now I'm wasting time. I'm not able to leave at the time that I planned. And so I keep looking. And then 15 minutes later, I find the keys and my wallet. And I get into the car, I'm irritated because now I'm going to be late. I had planned very well that I'll leave on time. And now I'm driving a little bit faster to get to my destination on time so I don't miss my meeting. And as I'm driving to my destination, I encounter an accident with about five to six cars. And how I know that it had just happened is that there were no paramedics on the scene and people were still in their vehicles. Airbags had come out, and I could see the people still in their vehicles. And I think to myself, if I had just been here 15 minutes earlier, I could have possibly been in that accident. And it was the Holy Spirit protecting me. What I had seen as an interruption, and not being able to find my keys and wallet and not leaving on time, was actually the Holy Spirit's divine intervention protecting me from danger ahead in my journey. And now every time I feel like I'm being interrupted in my schedule, I take a step back and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to speak to me about this situation? And I want to encourage you, when you feel some interruptions that are not normal, pay attention to them. It could be the Holy Spirit intervening in a divine way to protect you, to show you a new course of direction, to give you particular insight into a meeting that you might have to get into. Holy Spirit also leads us through circumstances. Have you gone after a particular opportunity? It looked like it had your name on it. You mean you found a job, it met all your expectations, your CV just aligned so beautifully, but then you apply, you go to the second round, the third round, and then you don't get it. You get closed. The door closes on you. 
Have you tried to maybe start a business? Everything just looks good. You bring in the right partners. The funds are in place. You've submitted um, the funding proposal. Everything looks good to start this business. But then it just doesn't happen. And can I tell you, my friend, that perhaps those doors are closing because the Holy Spirit may be opening up a new door, a better door, a better opportunity, a better job, a better business, a better business partner. So be cautious when you see a closing of one door because it just means that the Holy Spirit and God are up to something to give you a better door, a better opportunity. Paul was a man, a man in the Bible who traveled around the world preaching the message of Jesus and planting churches. At one stage in his life, he found himself in prison. And so he's now unable to continue his ministries, unable to go to churches, to help the churches grow and to plant new churches. He finds himself in prison, right? And while he was in prison, the Holy Spirit inspires him to write four books of the Bible. They're called the Epistles. And those books have become some of the most helpful books of the Bible that we read today. A circumstance that was meant to stop his ministry, the Holy Spirit used it to expand it to a new level beyond what he could even imagine. Because today, we're still speaking about the books Paul had written. They're still helping us even today. But it all began in a circumstance. Joseph, another character in the Bible, found himself in prison, falsely accused. To give you a bit of a backstory, Joseph had found himself as a servant in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was the leader of Egypt at the time. And God had shown Joseph great favor, and he'd become a servant in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says that Joseph was good-looking, he was tall, dark, and handsome. Hello, somebody. And Potiphar's wife saw Joseph and was like, ooh, I need, a, I need a snack of that. And so she decides to approach Joseph so that Joseph can sleep with her. But Joseph runs away because he wants to keep himself pure. He wants to honor God, but he also wants to honor the leader that he serves. And so he runs away and she catches a piece of his tire and she calls the gods and falsely accuses Joseph of trying to take advantage of her. This news goes to Potiphar. Potiphar is upset. He throws Joseph into prison. Joseph had pleaded his case and told him, I didn't do this. I was innocent. In fact, I actually ran away because I wanted to keep myself pure. But Potiphar puts him in prison. And for two years, Joseph is in prison, falsely accused. And can you put yourself in Joseph's shoes? Would you not have felt discouraged? Would you not have felt like, God, I was, I'm trying to do the right thing, but here I am in prison, falsely accused. I shouldn't be here. But it's interesting what happens to Joseph while he's in prison. The Bible says that God was with Joseph. God used him. And this is what happened. The prison warden put Joseph in charge of everything, of all the other prisoners, over everything that happened in the prison. Joseph becomes the prison manager. Imagine that going from a prisoner to the prison manager. A circumstance that was meant to stop Joseph and discouraged him 
was supposed to stop him, discourage him, maybe make him bitter. God used him. God used that whole situation, that whole circumstance to bring him to a new level of influence, a new level of leadership. Now, I want to ask you this question. Do you find yourself in maybe a particularly difficult season in your life? Maybe you're facing a challenge at work. Maybe you're facing a challenge in your business. Maybe the circumstances are difficult. And perhaps this is an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do something new in your life. It could be in business. It could be because of the lockdown. Your business has now had to close down. And you don't know how you're going to feed your family and pay the rent and pay your staff. And maybe it's time for you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you new innovations in your business. It's time to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me some ideas of how you can save this business. Give me some ideas of how I can serve more people, how I can make my business more profitable. It could be at your work because now we're all working remotely and uh, it's very hard for your manager to see that you're doing a good job. So it's, it's even harder to convince your manager to give you that raise or that promotion. Maybe it's time that you ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to stand out amongst your peers. And be Maybe you're facing a situation in your family and you've been trying to reach out to this family member in your own strength. And maybe it's time to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me how I can show love to this family member. I want to encourage you to, if you find yourself in a circumstance, and everyone here, everyone listening to this, there is an issue, there is a circumstance that you're facing. It could be in a board meeting. It could be anywhere in business, in your life, in your friendship circle. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes open and ask the Holy Spirit how you can improve the situation, how you can improve the conditions. And don't complain about the darkness. Just shine where you are. You are one of God's lamps. And I think a lot of the time as Christians, when we face challenges, when we face a little bit of um, a pushback, when we're going after something, we, we give up too soon. And this year, I really want to encourage you to face these challenges, these, these obstacles, with the Holy Spirit, not by power, not by your own mind, but by the Spirit of God. And I imagined to myself, if Paul had just given up on his ministry when he was in prison, he wouldn't have written those four books of the Bible that have touched millions of people's lives, and God would not have grown his ministry to a level that the world has never seen before. We are still speaking about the life and the legacy and how God used Paul 2,000 years later. Imagine if Joseph had given up while in prison. He would have missed an opportunity to grow to a new level of influence, to a new level of leadership. And I want to ask you this question. Could the circumstance that you're in be the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to take you to a new level, a new level of faith, a new level of influence, a new level of leadership, a new level of courage, a new level in your marriage, a new level in your finances, a new level in your trust and your dependence in God. Could the circumstance that you're in be the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to take you to a new world? And life can become a series of 
thrilling adventures with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your life can become this massive adventure. And now that we've learned that as you get to know the Holy Spirit, you know the functions of the Holy Spirit, that He is the revealer of truth, that He's the ultimate guide. And as then you move to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, as you grow in the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit, understanding also that the Holy Spirit does not convict you to condemn you, but to challenge you to grow and change into the character of Christ. And then finally, going with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you through the Word, through the church, by spiritual gifts, by visions and dreams, by impressions, interruptions, circumstances. I want to say this to you. He's leading, the leading of the Holy Spirit, knowing, growing, and going with the Holy Spirit, and allowing Him to lead your life, to lead you into, into a life of great usefulness and blessing. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you to be your guide, to be your comforter, to be your advocate, to be your strengthener. It will lead you into a life of great usefulness and blessing. I want to pray for you today. Maybe today is the day to begin to grow in the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you understood Jesus. Maybe you are a Christian. You've been living the life. Perhaps You've missed an opportunity to grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a gift for us from God. And the Holy Spirit is there to empower you. He's there to take you to a new level of faith, a new level of leadership, a new level of influence, a new level in your finances, in your marriage, in your life. But will you go with the Holy Spirit? I want to pray for you today. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, God, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you so much for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you that he is part of the Trinity. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is a gift to us from you. Thank you that you love us so much that you'd send us a helper, a comforter, a guide, and an advocate. And I just pray, Lord, for people who may have not begun a relationship with the Holy Spirit. May today be the day that changes the trajectory of their life. May they begin to work, walk in the purposes and the plans that you have for them because they have activated a powerful relationship that is found in the Holy Spirit. I pray that you give them the courage, the wisdom. I pray that you would force them each day to invite the Holy Spirit to walk with them and that they would see miracles in their life not for, for our glory, but for your glory, to point people to you, Jesus, to you, God. And maybe today is the day that you make a decision to live your life for Jesus. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The pathway to eternal life is through Jesus. And I want to help you make that decision. It's the decision that will change the trajectory of your life. You cannot get the Holy Spirit without accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so, would you pray this prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart? Please forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn away. 
I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my life. Take over. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, you have made the best decision of your life. And I want you to just drop in the chat, I have decided, or saved, and text the number below. And we want to get in contact with you so we can help you in this journey, in this the biggest decision you've made to eternal life, to understanding the way uh, that Jesus has lived, and to help you and empower you to walk in this new life. If that's you, jump onto the comment section, let us know on this WhatsApp number that comes below, and we want to connect you with all the tools that you need to live a transformed life. Take care, God bless, and remember to go with the Holy Spirit. Amen.